Hello, welcome to Bible Read Me. I'm Charles Van Dersen. Today I will begin summarizing the daily chronological Bible reading of August the 20th, day 232. We read the story of two eagles that represented King Zedekiah's broken covenant with Babylon when he sought military help from Egypt. The Babylonians captured him and Egypt was unable to do anything about it. Tucked in the end of the story is a messianic message that one day God will choose a branch, Jesus, to rule his blessed kingdom and Jesus will not break his covenant. God also changed the paradigm where formerly children suffered for their parents' sins to the third and fourth generations to the new declaration that each person will pay for his or her own sins. God expressed that he laments the death of the wicked rebels and desires for them to repent rather than die in an unforgiven state. He said that if a wicked person thinks about his or her sinful behavior and decides to repent, then his or her past sins will be forgotten. In spite of his generous grace of offering them another chance to be saved, the Israelis continued to accuse God of not doing right, asking God, Why me? And what did I do to deserve this? Seems to be a common response to suffering pain and losses among people. However, for a believer to plead in confusion and dismay with an attitude of submission to God's sovereignty appears to be less offensive to God than it is for him to hear this not as a question, but as an accusation from rebels of their having to suffer what they think is unfair treatment. Finally, Ezekiel composed a funeral song for the death of Israel's kings, August the 21st, day 233. We read God's continued charges against the wicked lawlessness of his people, but with a heightened sense of urgency for them to repent before it's too late. God told Ezekiel to remind them that even their ancestors were never really committed to him. They refused to purge themselves of the idols as God had demanded. Yet he was gracious because he wanted to protect the honor of his name among the surrounding nations. God gave them instructions on how to possess real life and to enjoy holy, blessed communion with Him. Since the ancestors and descendants alike, even the children were not innocent, all rebelled against His decrees, He lifted His restraint from them to allow them to pollute themselves with sin and rebellion to the degree that no one would ever argue against the fact that they deserve the most comprehensive, horrific, and devastating punishment. The leaders came to Ezekiel for a word from the Lord, but God refused to speak, and he was even insulted that they came asking, because he knew that they had no intention of responding appropriately. He revealed himself as their enemy. If God is one's enemy, that person has no hope of survival, not in this temporal life, nor in the eternal life. In Ezekiel chapter 21 verse 27, we see another glimpse into the blessed future reign of King Jesus. August the 22nd, day 234, we read that God's frustration with Judah's resistance is met with the promise of an intense purging, like that of purging metal in a crucible. The leader's disregard for separating the holy from the common, the people's lack of sexual restraint, the murdering of their own babies, and their brazen syncretism led to the immediate suspension of God's merciful protection and grace.
God searched for even one person who would stand up for what was right so that he could hold back his destructive fury. But not even one person could be found who would, quote, rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land, end quote. To express his disgust, God composed an analogy of two formerly virtuous sisters who were properly married, but who then converted their generous husband's protective homestead into a shameless brothel, and even used his gifts of endearment as currency to lure and prey on distant lovers. He continued by describing their deserving punishments. In Jewish tradition, as with chapter 16, except for males over the age of 30, the rabbis prohibited anyone from reading chapter 23 because of the erotic references that God used as an analogy to describe Israel and Judah's idolatrous behavior of making political and military alliances, craving the extravagance of foreign cultures, practicing social and economic abuse against the poor, and the murdering of their babies. An interesting note about chapter 23, verse 25, is that, quote, remove your nose and your ears, end quote, refers to the punishment of facial dismemberment prevalent in the ancient Middle East for adulterers, reference John MacArthur, Bible Commentary, page 915. On January the 15th of the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign, Babylon began her two-year siege of Jerusalem, where all the foretold horrors began. God said, I tried to cleanse you, but you refused. So now you will remain in your filth until my fury against you has been satisfied. I, the Lord, have spoken. August the 23rd, day 235. We read another painful side of being a prophet of the Lord when God makes an object lesson for this stubborn and unworthy people to observe by subjecting the prophet to humiliation, affliction, and suffering. All the while, the prophet knows that his distress will not produce repentance in the heart of his audience, yet he must obey. God gave Ezekiel a 24-hour notice that he would lose his wife, in whom he delighted, and that he would not be permitted to mourn her death in public as an object lesson to the rebels. In the same way, they will also not mourn the destruction of Solomon's temple nor the slaughter of their sons and daughters, because the grief will be so overwhelming. God was offended by their pride in and idolizing of the temple, thinking that it could save them. As the Lord foretold, Ezekiel's wife suddenly died, and Ezekiel obeyed God, but the people did not repent. Ezekiel proclaimed destruction on many surrounding nations. A notable one was about Egypt becoming a, quote, minor nation, end quote, never to rise again to greatness. Jeremiah prophesied violent, merciless deaths over the Judean leadership for enslaving fellow Hebrews. As the Babylonians besieged Jerusalem, Jeremiah encouraged those who wanted to live to choose to be POWs rather than to resist them and be killed. Finally, many of the prophecies about the destruction of the nations have been applied to Jesus' ultimate defeat of Satan, of whose essence the evil nations portrayed in their behavior and arrogance. August the 24th, day 236. We read how God instructed Jeremiah to purchase land from his prison cell while Babylon was laying siege to Jerusalem's walls. King Zedekiah incarcerated him for prophesying Judah's fall to Nebuchadnezzar's army because it lowered the soldiers' fighting morale. 
Jeremiah's seemingly foolish purchase was to prove that the people would return to repossess their land as God had promised. In addition, God said that he would give them one heart and purpose to worship him forever. Obviously, this is referring to the millennial kingdom. Another prophetic word about Jesus' reign is found in Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 15. Finally, Ezekiel prophesied against Tyre because she celebrated at the destruction of her merchant competitor. Tyre was famous for her skilled musicians, reference Ezekiel chapter 26, verse 13, and Isaiah chapter 23, verse 16. The prophecy that stated that she would be wiped off into the sea came to pass when the Greeks took every remnant piece of the destroyed city's rocks, dirt, and dust that they could gather to dump into the sea in an eventual accomplishment of building a half-mile-long land bridge to destroy the fortress island to which the people had fled. 10,000 were executed and 30,000 were sold into slavery, which is interesting because they were also known for selling Hebrews into slavery. God swore that they would never again be rebuilt. To this day, the island lays in ruin and the mainland is no more than a coastal tourist attraction. August the 25th, day 237. We read more prophecies of Tyre's former glory and subsequent utter destruction to the point that even the record of her history would be and has been erased. Many of the descriptions of greatness, pride, and punishment are referring to the human king, but also parallel that of Satan's story. This was probably because Tyre was fully permeated and consumed with the same spirit of selfishness and pride that flew in the face of God's essence. Similar descriptions concerning Babylon's king are found in Isaiah chapter 14 verses 3 through 23. A prophecy was made against Sidon as well. Jesus referred to the judgment of these cities in Matthew chapter 11 verse 22 and Mark chapter 3 verse 8. When the wall of Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians, King Zedekiah and his soldiers tried unsuccessfully to escape out the back gate. The former misperception that held that the two prophets' predictions were in conflict dissolved when Jeremiah's prophecy that Zedekiah would see the Babylonian king, in tension with Ezekiel's prophecy that Zedekiah would not see the land of Babylon, were both fulfilled as his eyes were gouged out after watching his sons and friends being slaughtered before King Nebuchadnezzar at Riblah and before being deported to a Babylonian prison. Ezekiel also prophesied that God would gather his remnant from the diaspora that was scattered to distant lands to resettle them in Israel and to reveal his holiness to the nations. August the 26th, day 238. We read the account of the final destruction of Jerusalem with every important building being burned, the wall all torn down, Solomon's temple burned, and all its valuables plundered. All the leaders were executed, and all but the poorest people were deported to Babylon. The writer of Second Chronicles chapter 36, verses 15 and 16, who was probably Ezra, published a type of, I told you so, when he commented that the Lord had repeatedly and compassionately warned the people, they mocked and scoffed, and God's patience had finally run out. In the midst of all the mayhem, God protected Jeremiah and a God-fearing Ethiopian who had once rescued Jeremiah. No doubt the Judeans that defected to King Nebuchadnezzar told him how Jeremiah had been telling the people to surrender. Reference Jeremiah chapter 38 verse 20. 
And more recently in the narrative, those who had defected from Jerusalem during the siege probably reinforced this fact. Reference Jeremiah chapter 39 verse 9. So when the city fell, King Nebuchadnezzar ordered that Jeremiah be released from prison, given anything he wanted, money, and to be set free unharmed. Finally, here begins Jeremiah's sorrowful book of lamentations over the preventable destruction that the people's sin incurred after receiving and ignoring the warnings by the prophets of God's coming discipline over many generations. This ends this week's summaries of Bible readings. My next episode will pick up on August 27, day 239. I look forward to your visit. May God bless you.